0: Welcome each of you this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Man, if you haven't figured it out yet, I pray God opens your eyes that it's time to be restored. It's time to find your first love all over again. It's time to get back to the altar, back to the basics of your work with God. Anybody here that's full of the Holy Ghost, do you remember when you first received it? how you you thought you thought by this time tomorrow, I'll win a hundred souls. I know I will. That's how much zeal you had. And I'm just praying, boy, look at the faces of. The face. I'm praying that you find that again or find it for the first time, whatever it might be. Maybe God you feel like God has disappointed you, but sometimes, if you if you'll remember a way back, sometimes we need to lower our standards of other people. You hear me? What our expectation of other people. And sometimes we expect God to just dance on the uh, the head of a pen every time we call on His name. God doesn't work that way. But God knows what He's doing this morning. He knows what He's doing. Came to the sledding party last week. We had a tremendous time. God was uh, God blessed us. With everybody came home safe and in one piece. That's a blessing. We had a fun time. Thank you for coming. Appreciate that. And promoting that as well. Um, great big thank you to each of you. Participated or not in sacrificing and giving. Uh, I once was young. Not young anymore. I'm telling you what, Brother Michael Berge, God knows I'm telling the truth. I would not go back for all the money in the world. Someone said to me this week, what about if you could be 29 again? I'm telling you, there's no way. There's been too many bumps and bruises and trouble. From 29 to 62, there's been way too much I don't want to go through again. You're laughing, but you just wait. There's no way. My dad used to tell me, son, the best year of my life is the one I'm living in right now. And I believe that, praise God. I believe it. Welcome each of you this morning. God bless you today. I, I pray somehow, some way, that that you just open your heart and let God talk to you. I, I have felt charged with what has occurred already, the singing and the encouragement, words of encouragement. I've been charged you came just to get a song in your soul, then you're in the wrong assembly this morning. Yep. It pleased God by the foolishness of choir singing. And now what Paul said to 1 Corinthians 1, please God by the fool, and they did a tremendous job today, don't get me wrong. Please God by the foolishness of Sunday school teaching. Jumping at the bit, want me to move on. Aren't you? Trying to wake you up tonight, today. God. Uh, foolish sister preaching. Paul wasn't saying preaching is foolish. He was saying that's how the world sees preaching. Unnecessary. Foolish. Crazy. But line upon line and precept upon precept. That we can be changed. Marina, good to see you again today. God love you all. I know we've got some teachers and overseers going out with some of the kids today. You be blessed as you go. And Sunday school teachers, I invite you to come and join us on the platform. I believe there's one more song, a chorus. God bless you. If we'd ever have one service without a sound issue, God, I would... I invite you to turn in your Bibles today, if you have one with you, the fifth chapter of the epistle of James, fifth chapter of James. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. James chapter 5, amen. Amen. Bible said, is any among you afflicted? That word means, is anybody in trouble today? That's exactly what it means. Is anybody troubled today? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Bible said what? And the Lord shall raise him up. Amen. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer, Brother David, would you're filling in for a greeter as when Brother Carlos is gone, would you hang out up here with Brother Marshall, please? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of 3 years and 6 months. And he prayed again, and the earth and the heaven gave rain rather, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Take my title this morning, Sister Plale, from verse 18, the thought, which says, and he prayed again, the title is is a praying man. I chose the word man in the generic sense or application, mankind, male or female, so grant me that this morning before we pray, a praying man. Let's pray, brothers. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, God, today, and your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Every heart in the house, I pray if they're not hungry, that they will become hungry, God, that souls can be ministered to, fed, God of heaven, by the word of the Lord, and that we will leave here changed by the presence of of your spirit in our life, God. Speak to us, talk to us, heal us, deliver us, salvage us, God, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. A praying man, you may be seated. God bless you. a younger man, I remember my dad saying to me a few times, and I didn't understand it then, but we would be in conversation about someone's personality or someone's presence in the house of God or someone being this or that, and a handful of times through the years, he'd end the conversation frequently with this, he's a praying man, son, That's a praying family, son. And a wealth of information could be exchanged in such a statement. He didn't have to expound or make commentary because he was saying so much to me. That's a praying man, son. Of all the compliments that could be handed out to you, of all the handles that could be placed on you, Of all the titles you could wear, a good man, a good dad, a good mother, a hard-working man, a confident man, a faithful mother, a God-fearing man. I believe that right up near the top of that list, you have to put a praying man, a praying man, a praying man. It speaks so much to us, Brother Mike Carlson. If a man, a woman, a person is committed to always seeking the voice of God, then that tells me a lot about your character, your disposition, your outlook, your ideals. If when you get angry, you turn to television, that tells me a lot as well. If you get angry, you get your little black book out, brother or sister, that tells me a lot as well. But when you're depressed or or lack motivation or you're upset with somebody, if something inside of you just burns and says, find a place to talk to God for a moment, then you know what I'm talking about today. I could ask you, and you would fill in the blanks well, but in the Bible, we are given numerous examples of praying men. Elijah prayed in a cave. Daniel opened his windows and prayed three times a day. Praying men. I've told you before how the Apostle James, where our text came from today, was known as old camel knees because he so frequently was on his knees in intercession with God. Probably the most vivid example of a praying man in the Bible, though, is David. That's what many of the Psalms are. They're David's prayers. They're David just emptying his guts out in the presence of God. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Complaining to God. God, do you hear what they're saying? I'm just trying to accentuate the value of being a praying man or a praying woman. I believe unapologetically in the power of prayer. And I know so many of you do as well today. But why is it, Brother West, that some people struggle to pray? If you want you want an action thought of what I just put in words, at 9:55 on Sunday morning as you're praying just open your eyes from wall to wall at 6:45 on Wednesday night or 6:30 just open your eyes as you're praying people struggle to pray good people struggle to pray i'm not throwing mud at anybody good people struggle to pray it's so easy to just grab your coffee your tootie fruity drink and walk around and say, Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. People struggle to pray. Why is that? Why is she always in the spirit and he's always struggling? Why is he always so close to a breakthrough with God? And I'm walking around just feeling dry. Why is it so hard to really get in touch with God? Why is it so difficult to be a praying man? It's so much easier to look at my phone, sip my coffee. I can depend on, I can depend on so-and-so. They're always stop what they're doing and talk to me. Sorry, visitors, if this sounds like I'm scolding. I'm not. I'm trying to build a platform here of where I'm going. Good people, good, godly people struggle to pray. And it's not an accident. It is not just some random thing that pops out in life and it's just there and, oh, it's my lot in life to deal with that. It's not an accident. People on the platform struggle to pray. It's second nature to me. I'm always watching. Look, where's my, where's my keyboard player during prayer time? I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't, I don't apologize to any of you. I'm watching. Where's my bass player during the prayer time? Where are my Sunday school teachers during prayer time? Because one day, one day God is going to say to me, all right, Ron Herring, give account for each and every one of these souls. What did you do to stir them up, rev rev them up, fire them up, draw them in? What did you do? Talking about the value of being a praying man. It will bring rewards to you, brother and sister, 3 o'clock in the morning when your little 18-month-old baby's got a high fever and it won't break. It'll bring rewards to you, brother and sister, when your kid's in trouble at high school and the laws involved. Yeah, I know we're too cool to pray at church, but th- those, those moments when you're in that cave like Elijah, you're in that, that broken spot like, like Daniel was. I got a feeling, Daniel. Daniel couldn't call 911, Sister Haley. We struggle. It is possible. I'm not saying this is the answer every time, but it is possible. Sometimes we have lost motivation to really get in touch with God because it takes energy it takes it takes self control it takes discipline it takes personal intention this is a moment i'm going to shut the world off i don't care who's calling me right now it's time to get in touch with God it's time to pray Why, why, I'm just, I'm saying this under assumption, and if it's wrong, then I apologize. Why do some people, why do I lack that time to pray, drive sometimes? It could be that they forget one of three prayer truths. Sometimes we pray and God answers, Brother Lance, almost immediately. I don't need no pumping up on those days. I'm fired up, man. (laughs) I am fired up. When God soon just shows me, gives me a witness of, I'm listening, and you and I are on the same page today. You and I are going down the same walkway today. Man, that just Someone can say, your head just fell off I don't care. I feel good today. Praise God. God answers prayer. But the second truth is that sometimes certain prayers take a little time, Brother Nate Wisdom. They're just not going to happen on the spot. Sometimes I intercede. I ask God. I beg God, and it doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it's right away. Sometimes it takes a little time. depending on how much caffeine I have before church. the might be every time we go out in the woods or in the sticks or to the bear bait. It just doesn't happen every time you go out there. Sometimes my mind isn't on what I'm doing. I'm here, but I'm thinking about there. I'm in the presence of, 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 a, of a hunting environment, but I, my head's not in it today. Sometimes I'm like that and I'm praying, right? And if God doesn't respond immediately, my mind starts to drift. My mind starts to wonder. And the third truth about prayer is sometimes God will never. No one ran laps on that one. Sometimes God says, right now, we're in we're in union. We're in perfect uniformity, you and I. Sometimes God says, I'll work on that. And sometimes God just says nothing. So it's easy to understand that I could get discouraged somewhere between God delaying the answer. And me finally figuring out he's not gonna do it, and so my mind, brother Carl, works overtime. I start accusing myself of being out of God's will, and 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 sometimes I'm right when I accuse myself of that. You get the point. It's difficult. It's hard to find that that oomph, that ambition, that fire, that push. Luke 11, verse 1. Scripture says disciples were there in the company of the Lord. Luke 11, verse 1. They wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray. I want you all to see this, so give her a second to throw that up. It came to pass that as he was praying, that's Jesus praying, In a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. See that? Check this out. Jesus is praying. The disciples are watching. Son of God's praying. The man, Christ Jesus, is praying. No wonder they were watching. That'd be a prayer meet you want to listen in on. They said, would you teach us to pray? For the West, they were watching Jesus, but they had their mind on John. Sometimes we're praying with our mind somewhere else. Oh, Jesus is praying. Hey, when when he's done, the Bible said when he ceased. They said, "Would you teach us to pray like John taught his followers?" It helps if we get our mind on what we're doing. That's why sometimes prayer—you've only got a few moments when you really feel that that closeness of God. You can't afford to waste it because you won't feel it in five minutes. You may not feel it in 20 minutes. So, hey, get your mind off, John. Get your mind off that pastor. Get your mind off that saint of God. Get your mind off that everything that's going on. and Get your mind on you communicating with God. So it could be that some prayers getting answered now gives me unrealistic expectation that it's going to be that way all the time. That's juvenile thinking my, on my behalf. That isn't God's fault if I think that. Or it could be that, that I'm not wanting to wait in this delay arena that God proposes. Or it could be that I'm discouraged because the longer I pray about this, the more the door seems to be shut so tight. Teach us to pray. Jesus simply responded this, Matthew 6, 9, Luke 11, verse 2. When they said, would you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples? He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye. He just answered their prayer, didn't he? I believe with everything that's within me that praying man they're what they're what the world calls a mover and a shaker a praying man is a difference maker a praying man moves the hands of God we read it together in James 5 16 the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man faileth me Only thing about it, Brother Brad, is praying people, praying men and women, they don't need to be convinced to pray. They don't need a prayer meeting to pray. They, They don't need a reason to pray. They don't have to have a catastrophe in their family to pray. Oh, it's time to pray. Oh, has it come to that? They don't need their little prayer partner to pray. going to get quiet in here. They don't need their wife by their side to really get in touch with God. No, they don't. No, they don't. And they don't need their husband by their side to get in touch with God. They're praying people. Do you hear me? They're just praying people. I'm not saying it's bad to have a prayer partner to knock yourself out. But a praying man is not relying upon any other human being, they're convinced. Nice and loud for so the people back to hear. good, 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 good. You hear that? If if you didn't hear it in the back, he said most often praying people don't really they don't want people around. When my kids were little especially that one, it used to remind me every time I'd repeat a story preaching. Okay. Dad, you said that back on June 12, 1997. Of course you don't remember. But this is a true story. My uncle, who was was my original pastor, his daughter that I'm going to go preach for in April, God willing, and that's my dad's brother, and my uncle told us that one night he had a congregation, He he had an auditorium about maybe the size of just this set of seats right here, not quite that deep, and he said, I may have had 20 people in church that night, Somewhere about middle way, Brother Corey, in that area in the middle, said she was a single mom, a single spiritual mom. She had a husband in the world, but he didn't come to church. And they had like a four or five-year-old boy. And this particular night, my uncle said he was just revved up. He was just wired, this boy, in and out of his in and out of his seats. Be talking over the trying to talk loud while the preacher was doing his thing. And uh, my uncle said, I warned, or the the mother warned, him, don't sit down, be quiet. Mike. And of course, when 20 people in the room, everybody can hear. Him. Kid got kept, kid kept going. You know how kids are, not your kids, of course, but angels, he said, yeah, all in a, I mean, uh, don't. Oh, Joking, brother, joking. And mother warned him again and again and again. And my uncle said, last time she was getting pretty rowdy and she said it out loud. One more time! Teach taking you out and spanking you. The boy kept disrespecting his mother. And so she just picks this little four year old boy up over her shoulder like that. Out towards the exit she goes. Out the doorway, my uncle said, that little boy looked back and said, pray, church, pray. <laughs> well, according to James, praying people, Praying men, praying women, they avail much. You see things happen in their life because of their prayer situation. Or it also could be that some people fail, but I fail in prayer because I fail to recognize this key component of the equation. That prayer has a chief opponent or rival. And I'd I'd venture to say, Brother David, if I just passed out sheets of paper and randomly said, you just put on there one thing, what's the chief rival to prayer? What opposes prayer the most? Probably most people would say the devil. But I got news for you, that's not right. Chief instrument to oppose my success in prayer is my flesh my flesh. The devil will use that all I let him, but it's my flesh. That is rival number one to my flesh. Could it be? That's why Jesus said in Luke 18 1 that men ought always to pray and not faint. Not faint is, is a reference to the energy or the power or the ambition or the motivation of the flesh. Don't let your mind talk you out of talking to God. Always pray. He's not talking to you prayer people because you're already praying before he even says it. He's talking to tired people here. He's talking to people that in their mind, they feel like they've lived two lifetimes. They're just, they're weary with dealing with stuff. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't falter. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't run away. Don't hide. What he's saying. It could be, it could be that if if it's not that I get discouraged because sometimes he answers right away, and other times I, I get puzzled because, it takes a little time, and, then, and sometimes he never does it. If it's none of those things, it could be that I don't realize enough that my flesh is a problem with praying. That's why it's so much easier to talk during prayer time than actually turn your face to the wall and get a hold of God. Now listen, I love you all very much, and I'm going to stand before the throne for you. I know that. But I love you enough to tell you this that if you struggle to pray, number one, check your flesh. Check your flesh. Jesus said it this way Matthew 26 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Why? Because the Spirit indeed is willing. God's always like that. Come on, you want to pray? I'm right here, son. Let's talk a, Let's talk a while. God is always like, come on, sister. Let's talk a while. But Jesus said, there's something you're going to have to deal with. And he didn't say it's strong. And some people said the flesh is weak. And Brother West may deal with his flesh in one way, and Brother Richard may deal with it in another way totally different way, behooves us to be wise enough to say, God, why am I just running into a wall all the time with my prayer life? Why is he so excited and I just cannot even feel anything? Do you want to feel anything? That verse says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. That means there are some things in life that can be avoided if we pray. That's what he said. Watch and pray that you enter not. That must mean if I don't watch and I don't pray, I might enter. That's, that's rocket science, isn't it? So it could be, Brother Stacy, that it's my flesh. Keeping me from being where I want to be in my prayer life. Pray always. Watch it. Pray. Paul said pray without ceasing. 517 Thessalonians. We quoted this next one just recently. Talking about worry. Philippians 4.6. In the CEV. Contemporary English version. Don't worry about anything. Pray about Everything. Why? Why pray about everything? At least in Ron Herring's, pardon the third person reference, but at least in my life, if I don't pray about it, I'm probably going to be worrying about it. I don't know about you, but I've, I've just had two lifetimes of worry I'm sick of. But again, when I say again, I'm calling attention to your memory of Luke 11, 1, when it says, one of his disciples came unto him and said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Funny that we're not given anybody's name there. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Thaddeus, Thomas, James, we don't know who it was. We just know one of them come back and said, hmm. Would you teach us to pray? So, According to my math, Brother Larry, one out of 12 was a little over 8%. One out of 12 said, we need to grow our leadership position with God. They were walking with Jesus Christ in the flesh. And they looked at him praying and said, hey, would you teach us to pray? When when was the last time... When was the last time you ever said those words in prayer? Would you teach me to pray? Will you teach me how to pray? I I say this to Brother Stacy because he won't get angry and throw something at me, but I wonder. I wonder if maybe sometimes we're just too lazy to say that or we don't care enough about it. I'm comfortable with my own prayer life. I'm good. You go ask him to teach you. Teach us to pray. One out of 12 are hungry enough to inquire about how to be better, how to be more effective, more successful. Here's the bottom line, Brother Play A whole lot of people want to sing a song. Play an instrument. A whole lot of people want to preach a sermon. Other people want to control church finances. Some of them want to be on the board or get their kids involved in leadership. Where are the people that say, Where's the prayer closet, Pastor? When I was trying to evangelize decades ago, before my brother lived in Colorado, we were up there, and um, someone had given me a phone number of a local pastor named Maurice Gordon. And Brother Gordon was old school. I say that in a complimentary way. And as evangelists do, sometimes they'll let the local pastor, Brother Mike, let them know they're in town. you care to trust me enough to preach to your flock? I'm here, blah, blah. It doesn't always work that way, but sometimes preachers trying to get going in the field will do that. I'm here at the motel. I'd love to come to your church today. As silly as it sounds, okay, they're, they're trying to stay alive, trying to feed their kids and and grow their ministry. And I called Brother Gordon, and we talked a little while, and he invited me to come preach to him or, or come preach for him. And he said, just one thing, he said, you'll come to my office, and I'm not exaggerating, he was blunt, he said, you will come to my office as soon as you arrive, when you your family had, Joshua uh, just an infant, he said, we'll go over a few, and he had this list, he just told me, this is what you'll do, and this is what you won't do in my church, I could have went, blocking my religious liberty. Peter said, "I know. Right. He's the shepherd. He cared about his people. You got to be. You have to be careful who you put up here. Just to brother, brother Moore. I've seen too many times people get up here and out of zeal, inflict wounds upon good Christian-minded people that they never recover from, or it takes a long time to recover from. You ought to appreciate that." Protection, not resent it. You should. Anyway, anyway, one of the things Brother Gordon said, and he emphasized it over and over. He said, we have prayer at such and such a time. He said, and you will be in the prayer room. I didn't know Brother Gordon from Adam. But I respected his stand as as a man of God, as a shepherd over his flock. Praying man! Realize, Brother Rob, that it, the less you pray about things, the more you have to deal with them with your head and with your physical ability. And some things cannot be manipulated or changed with your head or physical ability. Some things you got to get behind the walls that. But a praying man turns the tides. Certain people, if I know I need to touch God, I'll call them. I'll text them. Pray for. I mean, I even most of the time I don't tell them anything. I just say, You pray for me today. Remember me today? I know they take things like that seriously. And whether you consider yourself a praying man or praying woman or not, you still believe in the power of prayer. If someone invests their private world in you, I'm not talking about confessing stupid stuff. I'm just saying if they just tell you or ask you, would you pray for me today? Would you pray for my family this week? Would you pray for my kids tomorrow? Someone's going in the hospital. Someone's got a big meeting. They got a deadline. Listen, listen, listen. You better, you better, you better, you better take that seriously. If they trust you enough to invest something they're going through, and we shouldn't just say, oh, you, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Praying men make a difference. Praying mothers make a difference. Sister Maya, praying mothers make a difference. Sister Pleo, praying mothers make a difference. I don't see Sister Heather today, but Sister Heather, praying mothers make a difference. They make a difference. They make a difference. They turn tides. They shift the paradigm. They do things that God will even change His will over. Praying man, Brother Plalee. Doesn't need to announce, hey, I've been praying. Doesn't need to send out a seven-point PowerPoint lesson, I'm about to start praying. Because you know what praying men know? Their Father which sees in secret shall himself reward them openly. They know that. They know that God watches them go into that little private closet of prayer. It might be behind the wheel of your truck. might be riding the snow machine, and you're just interceding to, God, help my kids today. Praying men, they change things. Look at this. I, I've got to hurry. I know I've been lengthy, but I'm, I, I've got to show you a couple of powerful scriptures. If my people, which are called by my name, the toasting, come on, we can we can all reasonably deduce from that we're already his people. But God said, "If they'll so just seek my face." So tell me, brother Larry, that praying men struggle sometimes to do that. He just says, "If." Hey, leader. If a perfect stranger could kneel down beside you in your seat today and listen to you pray, if you didn't know they were there and they were just in your coat pocket, in your purse, and they were listening to the words coming out of your mouth, what would they hear? Think they'd be inspired? Think they'd be motivated? I appreciate any effort, don't. So don't take this wrong. But walking around saying "Hallelujah, oh, thank you, Jesus," oh, "Hallelujah, oh, love you, Jesus," "Hallelujah, love you, Jesus," "Hallelujah." That tells me you got your mind on John over there somewhere. What What am I going to do listening to that? Love to just, I'd love to just edge up around people that are praying though. They're really, they're just in that zone. I'm not talking about when they're uttering in tongues, and that's good. We all we understand the value of that. But I'm talking about people that are using perfect grammar in English, and they are they are moving the throne of heaven. James said about those delays sometimes, 5.18, he prayed again, prayed again, meaning whatever he was talking to God about, there was a a delay, but Jesus wrote this in the Amplified Translation of the Toastin, you in particular know, or you love the Amplified, Matthew 7, verse 7. He didn't say, ask, and if God don't do it, run away and hide blame God get angry and quit the church that's that's about the level of some people's prayer life he didn't do it he didn't do it i quit keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking I don't want. I've never been in military service. If you have, I I give you, give you respect, and honor, and, and I stand in awe of you. I really mean that. Have you fought or served behind a desk? I want someone in that foxhole with me that's not gonna quit the first time a bullet flies over their head. I want someone in that's like, hey, we're in this till the end, bro. You and me. I. I you and i that's what prayer needs that stick to in this. said a lot to say this luke 9:29 look at this scripture with me luke 9:29 as he prayed this is jesus again bible said the fashion of his countenance was altered the last time you prayed and your own prayer changed you the last time you prayed and it changed the way people looked at you? What's was the last time you prayed and it actually changed your countenance? Hello? Here we go. If I ask you to tell me who the golden prophet of the Old Testament was, I know you would all say it's Isaiah. And you would be correct. Let me read five verses of Scripture, expound the comment, and then I'll be done. Bible said in those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. Hezekiah was the king of Judah. Israel had divided. Ten tribes one way, the other two tribes the other. Israel and Judah. And Hezekiah was the king of Judah. And he was sick to the point where he was going to die. And the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him, and this is what he said, God told me something, thus saith the Lord, that's what that means. Set your house in order, because you're not going to recover from this disease or sickness. You're going to die. Isaiah wouldn't be welcome in our congregation, would he? We'd be, he, I guarantee he'd you, if he sat over there where Brother Joe is, that would be a whole empty nest of seats. He said to the king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, sign your will, get your bank account all squared away, make sure your cars are left to the person you want them left to, get your house all figured out, because you're going to die. verse 2. As the guy turned his face toward the wall. Oh my. God give us a church full of people, not, not in the literal sense, but they, they get that closeness with God to where when they pray, their faces to the wall. They're not letting anything interrupt that moment. You know what, Brother Dave? The more We don't even have to try, but the more we just exist, the more someone will interrupt you when you're trying to get in touch with God. And that's not mean they're evil. They're just trying to interrupt you. God give us a congregation, Brother Michael Berge, full of people that when they want to talk to God, they turn their face to the wall. Well, I've been long. I can tell you've lost your energy. And the Bible said, he turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord and and said, remember God, I beg you, I've walked before you in truth with a a perfect heart. I've done that which is good. He's not saying, look at me, God. He's telling God exactly how he he saw the way he lived. Someone said, should I pray about it this way, or should I pray about it that way? Pray about it any way you want to. I'm not... I'm, I'm way too old for these little formulas in Pentecost. Oh, you got to pray it this way, and then God will surely do the thing. Stop it. Just pray. Just talk to God. Here's what I tell people, and I, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I know because you ask me this stuff all the time. How should I pray about this Pastor? And I usually say, how are you feeling? Well, here's how I feel. Then go for it. Here's the key as to whether you're praying right or not. If God says, okay, you did good. You prayed right. If God doesn't do it, you probably didn't pray right. But I guarantee you, God's not looking to see if you followed step one, step two, and step four. God's looking at your heart. God's want to know if your face is to the wall. Do you mean business? Are you being legitimate with God? Some of you just play religious to play, appease your mother. Appease your wife or husband. Oh, our face to the wall. He said, God, here I am. And look what it says there. He wept sore. Brother Paul, that means this dude was weeping. This dude, he didn't care about his leadership team seeing him. He was weeping. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah Thus saith the Lord, the God of Jacob, your father. I've heard your prayer. I see your tears. And I'm going to add to your days 15 years. Check this out. God sent Isaiah with a message that it's over. Done. Get your ducks stacked in a row, brother, because your time is numbered. Your days are numbered. God's, because Isaiah said, Thus saith the Lord. So he's telling me, God sent me. Here you have this golden prophet telling this powerful king about to die. And the king could have demanded respect or had his head removed. The Bible just said he turned his face to the wall. And he started weeping and crying and interceding. God, if there's any way. And Isaiah leaves. And as Hezekiah is weeping sore, Isaiah's like, did my job today. I preached the house down, didn't I? And God hears something and he sees something. He's already declared his will. But God said, whoa, whoa, is that, whoa, what in the world? Look at that dude over there. He is meaning business. And while Isaiah is going off, maybe making lunch plans, God interrupts him and says, wait a second, I'm about to take a detour, turn around and go back and talk to him again. And, and God said, you tell Hezekiah, I have heard him praying." I got a feeling, Hezekiah, what didn't sound like this? Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. He said, you tell the king of Judah, I heard him praying, and I saw his tears rolling down his face. And I'll tell you what, it moved me to the point that I'm going to add 15 years to his life. Here's Here's what blew my mind, Brother Justin. Check this out. How much power does a praying man have? A praying man can affect God. A praying man can affect ministry. God, help me. Wait a second. Go back and tell him. I'm going to change the plan. God was moved by a praying man, and God moved, changed the plans of the preacher. So one praying man shook the throne, shook the fivefold ministry. We're talking about a praying man. Tell me, there's something you could be called that's higher than that. You got pastors that aren't even praying. You got leaders that don't even pray. Here's a man; all he, he's just in a political position. He knows how to stir the hand of God. He prayed again. The Bible said the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. older I get, the more I see when dad said, pray in me, son. son. Give everything I had to hug my father right now if I could. Pray in me, son. I will never apologize for saying, let's pray about this. Don't ever feel like you have to take the back seat for saying, I think I'll pray about that before I make a decision on that. My flesh is saying, go this way, but I'm going to take a little time and pray about it. I'm the king, Brother Carl, I'm the king of making decisions and later realizing I should have taken more time to make that decision. I'm not talking about financial things. I'm just talking about decisions in life. Praying. I depend on praying. I depend on praying. Joseph, you're not randomly here. I know you drove by and said, let's go just try that church, but that wasn't an accident. Someone was praying. Someone, your mother, your father prayed long ago. Save my son! Save my son! Thank you for being pra- people of prayer today. Thank you for being men and women of prayer. Brother Lindsay, what what could greater thing could you hand your daughters' desire to pray? Gather around, little Lindsay Nest here. I don't know what we're going to do about this this bill we got in the mail, but let's all pray right now, huh? Gather around, little Linford nest here. I don't know what, how we're going to work this out, but, but we're going to all pray right now. Couldn't care less if your daughter grows up wins beauty contests. But if she grows up to be a person of prayer, she will change politics. She will change the community. She'll affect the mayor's office she'll affect the grocery store manager's life I just invite you to come up here today listen teachers investing in you this truth today. Don't go off and find something to do. If you've got to go to the bathroom, I get it. But come back back here and spend time praying with these people that come up here. Praying people. I wonder who will come up here and say, Lord, would you teach me to pray? It's a process. It won't happen overnight. Teach me to pray, Lord. I want to learn how to be more effective. And I call on the name of Jesus. I want to know how to get in tune with God when I bend the knee in prayer.